Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. So often in life, we aren't content with just having a roof over our heads and food on the table. We always seem to strive for more, better jobs, lots of money and true love. While sometimes the ambition for these things can motivate us to work harder, sometimes these desires can turn deadly. When we become obsessed with having more and taking more, we'll stop at nothing to get exactly what we want, no matter who gets hurt in the process. First, killer love, followed by revenge of the grieving, then the deadly price of beauty. Finally, in our featured story, a dark secret with a terrible end. So, wanna hear something scary? Deadly Desire. They say when you love someone, you should let them go. And if they come back, it was meant to be. They never mentioned what if they come back against their will, like in this tale written by our featured writer, Elle Marie Wood. The spray picked up the blood and carried it toward the drain, where it spiraled in warm water before cascading down the pipe. Lovelace let the hot water beat against her skin, warming it to blush, pricking her flesh like needles with every drop. She leaned into it, letting the spray wet her face and hair, rinsing away the blood she had smeared on her cheeks. Lovelace sang the lyrics of an old Shalimar tune, as the warm water washed away bits of flesh from her hair. The water felt good against her skin. It caressed her body the way she imagined Troy's hands would, or maybe William's, or Greg's. She had her pick of virile men to sample. A smile crept over her lips as she thought of them. 
Lovelace was tired. Preparing Greg had been harder than she expected. His body hadn't accepted the serum as easily as the others had. He clutched to life, even after she cut his throat and hit him over the head with one of the pots from her cabinets. He had lunged at her, grabbed for her throat. His anger was palpable. She could feel it dancing along her skin like electricity. He pressed his thumbs into the hollow at the base of her neck, trying to crush her larynx. But in the end, he fell against her like the others did, nuzzling his face in her bosom before sliding to the floor. As she lathered, Lovelace remembered all of their attacks. William tried to cut her with a steak knife. Troy tried to push her out of the window. All of them had been feisty, a challenge she relished taking. Soap bubbles collected at her navel, and she spread them across her stomach. She closed her eyes and anticipated feeling one of her boy's tongues caressing her, delving deeper, pleasuring her. It was only a matter of time. Lovelace shampooed her hair with thoughts of who would awaken first, flooding her mind. Which body would react to the serum best? Who would be strong and sturdy? Who would be stiff and immobile? Her heart beat faster, full of anticipation. She was giddy, ready for them to wake up, ready to figure out which one would be her forever partner, knowing they would be perfect in every way. With a last rinse of her hair, Lovelace turned off the water and stepped out of the shower. Her foot sank into a pool of blood. Swearing aloud, she raised her foot off the floor and rinsed it off in the sink. She could see the bloody footprints she created before getting into the shower, leading from the hallway to the shower stall. Perfect blots of her feet, as though they had been dipped in ink. Frowning, Lovelace threw a towel on the floor. Using her wet foot, she dragged the towel across the tile while she dried herself smearing the blood. The house was quiet. They were waiting for her. Lovelace left the bathroom, anticipation growing to a heightened pitch inside her. Her bedroom was lit by candlelight, a mood she'd set before getting in the shower. The dim light lit the corners of the room, casting a golden hue on the white walls. William, Greg, and Troy's faces were illuminated by the flickering candle. They were beautiful, works of art in every shade. They were still, unmoving like stone. Still. Blood was caked on the side of William's head where Lovelace stabbed into his temple. Troy's mouth hung open, revealing the tip of his tongue between his darkened lips, discolored from pink to purplish blue. Greg, her most recent kill, had only been dead for 10 minutes, so seeing him rigid and still was no surprise. Their eyes were dilated. The serum hadn't kicked in yet. Lovelace felt deflated. It was taking longer than she expected it to. Her father's note said the serum designed to reanimate their lifeless bodies would kick in within 20 minutes. That's all it had taken for the serum to work on his specimen, the quiet, reserved woman she knew only as Belle, who never seemed to age. Well, it had been exactly that long for the first two, but Troy and William were still dead. Lovelace sighed and started to leave the room when it dawned on her. She chastised herself for not remembering that the serum was based on the height and body weight of a woman, not a man. Foolish mistake. It would take a little longer for it to work on her boys. She almost mistook it for a trick of the eye, imagery created by the dancing flame. But it wasn't the candles. It wasn't the darkness of the room playing tricks on her. 
Greg had stirred. It was too early, she told herself, but she couldn't deny what she saw. Greg was waking up. Lovelace sang the bridge low, almost inaudibly, enjoying the staccato rhythm. Greg's chest remained still, though his shoulders shrugged and twitched. He arched his back, pressing his tailbone against the chair in which he sat before snapping open his bloodshot eyes. My love, Lovelace spoke, her voice passing over her lips in a whisper. Have you ever been in love? If those feelings were unrequited, did you move on? Or did you have something in mind, like the story we just told? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Sometimes when we're suffering from heartbreak and loss, it's difficult to think clearly. So when that happens, can we really be held responsible for the terrible decisions we make? Like in this story inspired by Wani. My mom died three months and four days ago. I've never felt pain like this. She was the only family I'd ever known. For as long as I could remember, it was just the two of us traveling the world. She was a photographer, so we would bounce from city to city. I was homeschooled, but got true life experience visiting all these amazing cities, everywhere from Rome to Chiang Mai. But that seems like a lifetime ago. I was sent to live with my aunt in a small town in Massachusetts. It was hard to believe she was my mother's sister. They were so different. My aunt was strict and very regimented, something I was not at all used to. She did seem to be trying to connect with me, but it all felt so forced. I couldn't blame her. She wasn't expecting to raise a 12-year-old. For the first couple of months, I tried so hard to accept the fact that mom was gone but that only made me more melancholy. I just wanted to see her again, no matter what it took. And one day I did, at the grocery store, then again at the park, at my school. My mind was playing cruel tricks on me. I started to see her everywhere, but it wasn't her. I was being taunted with the prospect of hugging my mother one last time. One night, I woke to a knock on my bedroom window. I looked out but there was nothing. As soon as I drifted back to sleep, I heard another, and when I turned, I caught a glimpse of a shadow. I rushed to the window, and this time saw a silhouette of a woman walking towards the woods, my gut tugging at me. Mom? 
I threw my coat and tiptoed down the stairs. My aunt would be furious if she caught me outside in the middle of the night. Luckily, her sleeping pills were hard at work. I made it to the edge of the tree line. My instincts drove me further into the woods. I caught another glimpse of the woman, following her closely. I could feel my mother's presence. I just knew it. After what felt like hours, the figure finally stopped in front of a hollowed out tree. I could hear screeching sounds coming from within. My heart quickened and my body wanted to run, but my gut told me to press on. I wanted my mom back so bad, I was willing to die if I had to. The woman vanished into the dark hole at the base of the tree and a giant cloud of thick black smoke emerged from the void. The outline of a giant being followed along with a sulfurous stench so vile, it made me gag. The creature's sharp teeth glinted in the little moonlight that shined through the branches. I'd hesitate to say exactly what it was, but I had a good guess. Its presence reeked of pure evil. It stalked towards me, but I knew I shouldn't run. I remembered an urban legend from my travels. It said that a demon can fulfill your darkest desires but you have to sacrifice something valuable in return. That night, I struck a deal. I made my way back to the house, just as the sun was rising. I found my aunt's lifeless body lying in front of me. She had been kind to me. She tried at least. I stared at her until something caught my attention. Mom. She was standing beside me, holding a tea kettle. I smiled at her. I know what I did was wrong, but at least I got my mom back. I hope one day my aunt will forgive me because all she ever wanted was me to be happy. And at that very moment, I was happier than I could ever imagine. I had my mom back. What would it take for you to make a deal with the devil? Do you have a line you would not cross? Have you ever had a run-in with Satan? one of his demons? Tell us your story by sending an email to somethingscary@snarled.com. Beauty is something we all desire, inside and out. But when you're willing to pay a high price for it, there's no telling how terrible the consequences may be. Like in this story inspired by Lily. Stephanie just turned 21, and she was going to a bar with her gorgeous best friend, Monica, to celebrate. Per usual, everyone overlooked her and instead focused their gaze onto Monica. She was so beautiful and always the center of attention. With her flawless skin, perfect curves, and long, lustrous hair, she always caught everyone's eye. Stephanie paled in comparison. She was just Stephanie. Sometimes she'd go to sleep dreaming venomous thoughts about what she would do to be adored as Monica. That kind of captivating beauty was all she wanted. That night, Stephanie was particularly annoyed by Monica stealing the show on her birthday. Digging her nails into her palms to avoid making a scene, Stephanie walked to a secluded table to cool off. She sat down with her head in her hands, trying not to cry when a drink slid in front of her. Looking up, she saw the most handsome man she'd ever seen. He had platinum hair and icy blue eyes, 
and was wearing an expensive suit. For a moment, Stephanie wondered why someone as well presented as he would be at that bar in the first place. Even so, he was there buying her a drink and she figured she knew why. She said if he wanted to talk to Monica, he could, but she wasn't a messenger or anything. The man leaned in and smiled. Actually, I wanted to talk to you. I'd like to offer you a gift for your birthday. Stephanie was shocked when he then pulled a small makeup mirror from his pocket. The man opened it and instructed Stephanie to look at her reflection. It was different, better. She was gorgeous, even more so than Monica. You wanna be beautiful, right? Have the attention of everyone whose path you cross? I'm offering you that as a gift, he said. Stephanie moved to grab the mirror, but the man snapped it shut and wagged his finger at her. Uh-uh-uh, not yet. You see, this gift won't come for free. Stephanie frowned. She should have known there was a catch. Nothing ever comes for free. The man chuckled, then continued. I always make sure the price of my services is fair. Stephanie wanted to know what it would cost, but already knew it would be worth it. The man waved his hand dismissively, saying they'd discuss it at a later time. She should just know that what he offers is what you get. No strings attached, so it doubles back on you. You'll get something you want, and I'll get something I want, plain and simple. He held out the mirror and his free hand. Do we have a deal? Stephanie snatched the mirror and shook the man's hand. He smiled, and for a moment, it looked like his eyes were red. Stephanie stared down at the mirror and smiled to herself. When she looked up, the man was gone. Monica was still chatting to the college boys. She downed the drink the man had given her. It tasted thick, savory, and as she took a closer look at the remnants at the bottom, she saw how the liquid had been a bright crimson color. She set the glass down and started for the bar exit. As she was as beautiful as she thought, she was going to start fresh the next day. Stephanie bought a whole new wardrobe at the mall and rushed home to try them on, excited to see her new self in the full-length mirror. But when she did, she was devastated. Nothing had changed. She was still her boring, plain self. Feeling foolish, Stephanie tore off the clothing, sobbing with anger and sadness. She thought for just a moment she really had the chance to be as beautiful as Monica, to for once be the object of envy, to maybe be happy with herself for the first time, but she'd just been tricked by some stupid guy playing a cruel joke. The next morning, she got ready for class, ready to see beautiful Monica steal the show as always. Despite this, Stephanie decided to wear one of her new outfits. After all, it wouldn't do her any good just to leave her new clothes in the closet. She got dressed and walked to school quickly, not noticing the glances she was getting. When Stephanie arrived at school, she looked for Monica. She started towards the library and her very popular classmate, Max, stopped what he was doing to hold the door open for her. Stephanie was confused. Max had never even given her the time of day before, but now he was going out of his way to be chivalrous. He smiled at her and winked as she stepped into the room. Hey, Monica, Stephanie said. Monica turned around and her jaw dropped in disbelief. 
Stephanie smiled tentatively as Monica told her she looked stunning, shoving her hand mirror in front of Stephanie's face. Stephanie's eyes widened as she saw herself. She wasn't just beautiful, she was flawless. She smiled and kept running her hands over her perfect face. She looked up at Monica and said, let's go out for drinks tonight. In the weeks that followed, Stephanie spiraled into a narcissistic obsession. She became vain and cruel. When Max asked her on a date, she turned him down, saying she was out of his league. She quit school after a famous modeling agency signed her immediately. She booked a big role in a movie and spent her money as fast as she earned it. This led to a substance abuse habit, which landed her in the hospital at age 28. Stephanie was a mess. She laid in bed, unable to sleep. Just then, the man she met at the bar all those years ago appeared at her side. You took your gift for granted, and now look at you, he said. That's the problem with you humans. So eager to have what you want, then you waste it. Stephanie's jaw quivered as she asked why he was there. He smiled. To collect my payment. Fearfully, Stephanie asked what she owed him. He sneered and said, Just a token. You won't need it anyway. After all, starlets who live like you never have souls. My soul? You can't be serious, Stephanie cried. The man crossed his arms. She should have known what was coming the night they met. What creature could fulfill desires other than the devil? Stephanie begged to do something, anything to buy herself more time. The devil smiled, hoping she would say that. He promised her a full life if she would bear him a child. Did they have a deal? Stephanie nodded frantically as she stood and shook the devil's hand, wishing only to live a long, healthy life and not be damned to hell. Nine months after her encounter with the devil, she gave birth to a baby boy. As the devil came to claim the child, she was sure he knew something she didn't. Stephanie lived a long and full life, eventually dying of natural causes. But when she got to the gates of heaven, she was denied entrance. She had willingly mothered a demon. And now she resides in hell as her son's servant, unable to escape. What lengths would you go to feel beautiful? Would you suffer a fate in hell for a few moments of stardom? In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of The Girl with the Green Ribbon, written by Janine Pipe and now animated over on our YouTube channel. Sometimes one's curiosity can get the better of them. And when they finally find out the answer, it's certainly not what we would have ever expected. Harlan stared at the girl in the coffee shop. He had never seen such a vision of pure beauty. Although he was usually shy, he made his way over to talk to her, as if something was pulling him. He was thrilled when she smiled and motioned for him to join her. Several hours and many coffees later, he asked her out on a date. When Harlan arrived at the restaurant the next evening, Jenny was already seated. 
Somehow, she looked even more beautiful than before, this time wearing a wonderful green dress that not only enhanced her beautiful eyes, but also the green ribbon around her neck. He remembered she worn it yesterday too. Over the next few months, Harlan and Jenny spent almost all of their time together. Their relationship blossomed quickly into true love. Jenny's slender neck was always wrapped in the same velvet green ribbon, which Harlan couldn't help but admire. But he was so smitten with Jenny, he never thought to ask about it. Until one day he took her to the beach. It was warm and she was wearing a stunning green bathing suit. He suggested they head into the sea to cool down for a bit. He watched her remove her cover-up, slip off her sandals and make her way into the water. But she was still wearing the ribbon tied in a dainty bow. Jenny, he asked, why don't you take off your ribbon? It'll get soggy in the sea. For the first time during their blissful few months together, Harlan saw something momentarily flash in Jenny's eyes. Then she smiled and said, my choker is very special. I never, ever take it off. So despite thinking it slightly odd, Harlan didn't mention it again. He took her back to the same restaurant on the six month anniversary and presented her with an expensive gold locket. Jenny gasped when she opened the box and threw her arms around him. But when he reached for the ribbon, intending to take it off and replace it with the gift, she brushed his hand away, reminding him of her previous words. The necklace, darling. I shall treasure it, but the choker never comes off, remember? It never comes off. Again, he saw the split second flash in her eyes as she spoke. Not wanting to upset the woman he adored so much, he promised that he wouldn't try to trick her again. That said, it bothered him that on their wedding day, when Jenny looked like a fairy tale princess, all in white and shimmering with pearls, she wore the green ribbon. He found it strange and off-putting, but obeyed her wish to not mention it. The fact that she insisted on wearing the green scarf, no matter what the doctor said when going through the stringent birth plan of their first child, concerned him. He kept his word though, even as she was being rushed into the hospital for an emergency C-section. Yet, it ate away at him. Whenever he dared to approach the subject, asking why did she always wear it? Why did she not remove it when sleeping, bathing, anything at all? She would simply reply, All I ever ask from you, Harlan, is to allow me this one thing. I can't explain it, but I will not remove it. And neither must you. Promise me. So despite loving Jenny very much and being a good father, Harlan's resentment festered just below the surface. Until Jenny got sick. His wife was seldomly ill, but not long after her 50th birthday, she was struck with a very bad case of pneumonia and spent the day and night coughing and struggling to breathe. She was fast asleep after an extreme coughing fit, having exhausted herself when Harlan broke his promise. He told himself the choker was now not only inconvenient, but an actual danger to her. Denny needed help breathing not a restriction around her neck. And so with shaking hands and feeling just a little smug, he took a pair of nail scissors from the dresser and snipped off the ribbon, which he had grown to loathe. Thump. He turned his head. As Harlan looked down at the floor, he screamed. He screamed again and fell onto his knees. 
No, no, no! He cried out, staring in disbelief at the object that had fallen on the floor. And just before he fainted from shock, she spoke. Jenny's decapitated head, which now lay on the floor while her body remained on the bed, spoke. I told you not to take the ribbon off, didn't I? This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Calvin Linderman. Additional audio editing by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.